0: In the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Here's my heart, oh, take and seal it. Seal it for thy courts above, prone to wander. It's a great joy to stand here at a celebration of your new ministry, of John's new ministry among you. A new chapter starts at St. Stephen's. It's a great joy to serve as your bishop Um, Part of my job is to go to each of our parishes, scattered out all over everywhere, 85 of them. Some of them little teeny tiny, some of them big and huge. Uh, Some of them terribly, terribly busy, and some of them just about half asleep. And they are all the people of God, and they all have their own gifts, and they all have their own strengths and they are all doing things just about the way they're supposed to be doing them, best they can. But the tense moment for every parish is when, for whatever reason, the rector leaves. And there are lots of reasons for the rectors to leave, some of them um, kind of easier to deal with than others. But every time there's a vacancy, we get sort of tense. We get anxious. We worry about things. When my nephew was four, he used to say, don't worry, don't worry. (laughs) And part of my job is to go to every parish and say, God's in charge. This is all gonna work out. Don't worry. But we worry anyway, and it takes an awfully long time to get a new priest. And sometimes there are interims that come and go, and sometimes they work out better than other times. But finally, this moment comes when you have the right person in the right place at the right time. And a parish which has been vacant perks up like a houseplant who hadn't been watered for a while and you give her just the right amount. And the people of God stop worrying and get back to the work that we're called to do. It's a glorious, glorious moment. But we are prone to wander and we have short attention spans and the shiny object of the day gets tarnished in a few weeks, and that which had been old becomes new, and that which was exciting becomes routine, and we find other things to worry about. This story in the Gospel of John is (laughs) one of my favorite passages of Scripture. I used to say that this was my favorite passage of Scripture until I remember that I have about 10 or 15 or 20 other favorite passages of Scripture, but this is one of them. I think Thomas has been sort of my patron saint my whole life. I really have always wanted to have things all figured out, clearly defined and proven. And we are greatly distracted by that by that need to have it all add up at the bottom of the page, as if we could prove or disprove God. And it seems to me like I get so wrapped up, maybe you're like this too, we all get so wrapped up in Thomas, who is so much like us, that we miss one of the most important things in the whole story, As John tells it, the disciples are hiding because they're scared of the Jews and the doors are locked. And Jesus comes and stands among them and says, shalom, peace, peace be with you. And they're still a little bit nervy about it. And he shows them his hands and his feet and they understand what's going on, they realize who it is. And he says again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. It's a a critical shift in the gospel story. This mission that Jesus came to bring is now not just his mission, but that of the community that he began and now leaves behind. That community that has endured for 20 centuries. That community that has endured even to this place, in this time, among these people. Jesus says to us, As the Father has sent me, so have I sent you. I think that means that you and I are entrusted with the good news of the love of God. That's a big thing to be entrusted with. You and I are given the mission to proclaim gospel, good news, that God loves all of God's children no matter what forever. But we are prone to wander, and we get distracted. And sometimes I think we pay too much attention to all the outer trappings and all the little details of keeping a church going and forget what it is we're supposed to be doing. Before I came to Alabama, I was in Mississippi. I was at at several places. I was chaplain at Ole Miss right before I came over here. It was one of my privileges then, has been one of my privileges since, to direct sessions at summer camp for people with mental and physical disabilities. This has been a big part of my heart and ministry and life uh, since 1971. Wow. After I'd been doing that for four or five years in Mississippi, I felt like I knew what I was doing. That's always a dangerous moment for me when I feel like I know what I'm doing. And we had planned in the evening program that we would go to the big field and have supper, hamburgers and chips and uh, lemonade or fruit drink. We had already learned to not call it bug juice because some of the campers thought it was made out of bugs. (laughs) And we had it all lined up. We had all the different activities. Someone would throw... A football through an inner tube. Somebody would blow ping pong balls on a table. Somebody would throw um, water balloons back and forth, and whoever got the furthest away won. And we had a face painting booth, and we had a Uh, fortune-telling booth, and everybody, all the different people on adult staff had their own assignments. Everybody had everything worked out. We had all the stuff. We had all the things that we needed. Everybody knew where they were supposed to be. It was a logistical success. This was going to be great. This is going to be great. Something happened right before we were all supposed to go down the uh, road to the field. I don't remember what it was, but By the time I was done with it, I was late. And when I got there, when I got to the other end of the road, I realized that there were lots and lots of people standing in line. So I went to talk to the cooks who said, we're out of hamburgers. Well, okay, let's go get some more. They said, well, we can't. We don't have any vehicle. So I... Said, I will go get them. I'm, I'm young and heroic at this point in my life. And I, I go back up the road, half a mile down the road. I'm ready to bring back boxes of hamburger patties. I know exactly where they're supposed to be in the freezer, and they were not there. But I found some hot dogs. I didn't find any hot dog buns, but we had lots of hamburger buns, so we were okay. And I sort of trotted back down the road with all these boxes of hot dogs. And now I'm getting distressed that somebody else should have done this. They shouldn't wait around for me to get there before they realize that they're out of hamburgers and they should do something about it. I deliver the hot dogs to the cooks. I'm all sort of disagreeable and upset with people in general. The hot dogs are frozen, so it takes a while to grill them. <laughs> and I'm, now I'm worried that it's going to get dark and the horse flies are going to come because when it gets that time of the day, the horseflies come and everybody's miserable. <clears throat> so I'm ordering people around and go set up the ring toss and go set up the thing where you throw the straw through the hula hoop and all the stuff. And then I realized that everybody at the whole place was having a good time except me. Because I was so obsessed with doing everything the way it was supposed to be on the diagram and making sure that the football toss was out of the way of the people throwing the water balloons, because that could be disastrous. (laughs) But they were all sitting on the grass just talking and throwing a frisbee, and somebody brought a guitar, and they were singing some songs, and they were just sort of relaxing everybody was relaxing and having a good time except me because they were having unauthorized fun. (laughs) That's not the way you're supposed to be having fun. It's so easy for us to get distracted by the plans that we make and the designs that we draw and the committees that we assign, and the agenda that we follow, and the budget that we wrestle with, and forget what we're supposed to be doing. Receive the Holy Spirit. As the Father sent me, so I send you. Now, I think generally agendas and budgets and committees and structures is a good idea. We need those things to do things the way we do them. But sometimes we get so concerned about that stuff that we are blind. We are distracted from the work we are given to do. So here's what I want to say at the beginning of your ministry with John Burroughs. Y'all love each other. Not because any of you are perfect. There are no perfect priests. There are no perfect parishes. Y'all will be dancing for a while, I hope. And that means you're going to step on each other's toes from time to time. And when that happens, y'all laugh together and let it go. He's going to say something you don't like. I don't know him all that well, but he seems that kind of guy that's going to say something. (laughs) And I want to—I want to say this. I need to check this with Doug to make sure I'm—I'm I'm saying this right. Any priest worth his or her salt is gonna say something that you don't like. Is that right? Uh, yes. Sir. yes sir. <laughs> yeah. um, and you were gonna hurt his feelings and step on his toes. And I hope when that moment comes, you will have enough character to say, "I messed up." I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. We have too much work to do to let all that stuff get in the way. We have too much work to do as witnesses of our Lord in the world to let ourselves be distracted and derailed by things that are just not all that important. It was very important to John that this be a celebration of ministry for the parish and for him, and not just for him. And I think that says a lot about him. I think that says a lot about you as well. We are prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. And that's when I need to be in a community of people who will say to me lovingly and gently, come on back over here. Come on back and remember what we're supposed to be doing. Instead of getting so upset about little stuff that really doesn't matter all that much at all. We are at the beginning of a new chapter. Y'all have had some chapters that are long and some chapters that are short and some that have been more fun than others. And I hope this is a long and fun and rewarding chapter for this parish and for this priest. I can tell you with some degree of certainty that the best priest in the world would fail in this place if you don't love her or love him if you don't forgive him or forgive her. And I will tell you that the best parish in the world can be deeply, deeply hurt by a priest who thinks too much of himself or herself. I know y'all pretty well. And I know him well enough to know that the Lord has brought you together in this time, in this place, to do this work and breathe the Holy Spirit in this place, among this community, and cause you all, lay people, priests, deacons, even a boneheaded bishop, to do the work he has given us to do, to share good news, to shine the light of Christ, to invite people into the love of God. So, let's get busy. Let's get about the work God has called us to do. And make this a loving community filled with the Spirit of God, whose doors and windows are open to the world. And invite our friends and neighbors and people we don't know to come and join us in God's grace in this place. Thanks be to God. Amen. Amen.